This is going to be a fun one. I'm excited to talk. You know, the, to me, one of the most interesting places for development right now in all of, you know, Web3 social, decentralized social lens is kind of this, this interesting dynamic of like, what is advertising? How can creators monetize? Uh, and I think we're going to jump in and dig deep in kind of all that stuff as well. So um, guys from Madvibe, uh, thanks for jumping in and thanks for doing this with me. And why don't you give a quick intro, kind of like who you are and how you got jumped in into the Lens ecosystem and, you know, what's the background story on MadFi? For sure, for sure. Thanks, Chris. So, uh, yeah, this whole this whole thing really started um, in April of 2022. Uh, we had this idea to build an ad protocol on top of Web3, and we were experimenting with a couple different ways of doing it and using NFTs as the conduits for you know, serving ads. And so we kind of, uh, yeah, Lens, uh, Lens Protocol was actually announced during uh, East Denver of last year. And funny enough, we were looking to solve the exact problem. You know, how do, how do we get on-chain, how do we get on-chain content? How do we get on-chain social interactions? And boom, Lens Protocol was like the answer for it. So we, you know, with Nate, we, we participated in the LF Grow Hackathon. We, uh, we built a pretty dope project. We integrated Superfluid, and we actually were finalists there. And immediately, we, we were getting DMs from, like, VCs and, and all that. And, and we actually did not even know where to take the project, right? We, were, we literally just had a demo. We had a project, and uh, we had an idea. And over the past – over the course of the year, right, we were building, iterating. And, um, yeah, finally, the whole thing culminated in, uh, in launching Lens Bounties last week. But, uh, yeah, I'll let Nate actually give his, give, give his background as well. Yeah, so like Carlos said, um, basically this has been something that we've been hacking away on for a few months here. And yeah, we're super excited right now because we have both of these projects coming to uh, coming into production and, and, and being able to use here. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But basically, yeah, we have we have lens bounties to to help people promote their, their projects and brands with, um, and build relationships with uh, people, influencers, creators on Lens to, to work with. And then also Clubspace, which is our uh, specifically for music NFTs, where you can throw a live, live listening party and uh, promote one that you've created and just kind of have like, uh, like a fun time and sort of a, a radio show type setting very good very good and just fyi for anyone who's hasn't you know experimented with or seen how madfi works a bounty is a way that a brand or a creator or anyone that wants to promote a post can actually put up what they call a bounty and anyone that meets the criteria which could include and you guys can elaborate more on this in a minute but it could include a certain follower count or things like that you know and you know maybe there's a bunch more probably in the pipeline of different qualifications that people might have to meet. But essentially, I could offer somebody 10 USDC to, you know, make a post and mirror my post or make a comment or any number of things. Um, so just, just a quick FYI on kind of what bounties are. But let's, let's start big picture here. Kind of what even got you excited about Web3 Social? Yeah, I mean, plenty of things, honestly. Um, it, uh, I think it was, it was, it was seeing all the Twitter, all the crypto Twitter activity over, you know, DeFi summer and then and then the whole the whole year of uh, the NFT hype and kind of realizing that there's a niche within this 
social media that could actually like be a lot better, right? The experience could be a lot better if everything that we were doing on chain was also in the social feed. So we, we, you know, this was before lens was even out. It was just kind of something that we were all feeling, right? I'm sure, I'm sure Nate and I weren't the only ones with, with, with the inkling. And, um, and then obviously we, we were, we were working on this, on these ideas around, around the ad protocol and, and monetization. And we thought, wait a second, but if we do this on Twitter, Twitter gets like all the money they're going to get, you know, they're going to get the, the, their, their large, the largest share of, of that sponsor money of the ad revenue. It's going to be a black box, you know, and, and they're going to be able to deplatform anyone at any time. Right. And obviously that's something that we've been seeing over the last couple of months. And so, yeah, having a permissionless, uh, decentralized uh, social graph uh, as a protocol, right. And being able to build features at the protocol layer is, uh, is, is, is the real innovation that uh, we think is going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty good to build on and, and kind of rebuild the, the features that are on social media now, but that are not advantageous for the creators, the ones that are bringing in the, the value to the network. And uh, just to tack on to that a little bit, you know, in the, in the last couple of years, this whole idea of like just being a creator on social media as like your, how you support yourself is a pretty new concept. And you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Uh, you know, there's revenue sharing with like YouTube and TikTok. Of course, you do like uh, sponsorships, um, whether it's on YouTube or on your Instagram profile, stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of these people who are doing this kind of thing on, uh, on these Web2 platforms, they, they, they kind of are at the mercy of like the terms of service changing. You know, there could be unexpected things happen that just like completely disrupt the entire flow of their business. And, you know, they're just like in chaos for like a month before they can, they can figure out how to, how to regroup. And yeah, the cool thing about, um, about building on like lens, especially is that since it's all, uh, since it's all on chain, you get that composability that comes from uh, smart contract applications and that composability was a huge part of what drove all of the growth in like DeFi and NFTs in you know, 2020, 2021. And yeah, I mean, personally, I think that being able to, to leverage that capability in the social space where, you know, the, the financial applications can be directly connected into the social applications is, uh, it's really cool because then all of the like verifiable proofs of all of your stats and, and, and how much everything can be worth and seeing exactly who is sponsoring who and, you know, it's just a lot more transparent and in addition to being able to permissionlessly develop applications so much faster. Right. Yeah. The, the composability, I think, is incredibly interesting. And, you know, I think, Carlos, you had mentioned it, too, as well. You know, I, you know, when the NFTs took off and kind of the biggest thing that I think people in, you know, this is just my opinion that people are sleeping on is that virality. You know, when when a lot more money flows onto Polygon as a blockchain and back in, into Lens by extension, I think the virality of some of these, you know, NFT projects, whether they're music or art or even, you know, we'll see some PFPs, I imagine, if uh, Polygon continues to innovate as a chain. Um, so I think that's going to be really interesting. 
But so tell me this, currently, if brands want to get in contact with influencers or artists or whoever on Web2 social, you know, they usually slide in the DMs or they shoot them an email or they go through a manager and they're kind of doing all this uh, behind the scenes work. Tell me either why you think we need a protocol or an app to facilitate that or kind of what if we have an app like MadFi where there's bounties, you know, what extra features or what extra optionality does that and benefits does that apply to both creators and brands? Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. And I have one super quick answer that I think um, is a is a common problem that a lot of people in the creator monetization space so far have encountered. And it's the 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 fact that the surface area for dispute can be drastically minimized. And what I mean by that is that when you're kind of just emailing each other back and forth, like, okay, here's the budget, here's what we want you to do, then it leaves a lot of room for, you know, there has to be like an approval process, right? Because uh, the brand probably wants to, to, to know some specifics about like what's actually going to get posted. Uh, maybe they have some kind of reputation they want to protect or they, they want to make sure they convey, you know, the right image. And at the same time, uh, the creator, you know, they might have their own idea of what they want to do. And, you know, there, there, there can be some differences there sometimes. And so what we did to basically make it so that there's not going to be any of that is that when you create a, or when you, when you place a bid on a bounty, you actually just put in like all of the content that you would post on Lens. And then you just include an authorization signature. And then when the the authorization signature is, of course, in your MetaMask, and that's something that you can send to the Lens smart contracts to allow someone else to create a post on your behalf. Create a post like on your profile, you know, but they sent the transaction. And the advantage there is that the, um, the sponsor knows exactly what they're getting. Also, the, uh, the amount that the creator uh, is asking for, the, their actual bid amount uh, for payment is also, it's completely upfront and Basically, it's one transaction to create the post and also pay the creator. And so the creator gets paid on time. In fact, you know, at the same time as their post goes up. And, uh, and the sponsor knows exactly what they're getting. And so there's a lot less space there for one of them to have some issue with, oh, I don't really like the post that you did. Oh, payment's late or, or something like that. And... Yeah, this is something that's kind of unique to uh, to Web three social because you can only really do this when you when you have everything just run through a uh, smart contract. Exactly. Yeah, good stuff, Nate. Um, it's exactly why uh, this only works on a protocol like Lens, and that's not to say that your typical Web two influencer marketing platforms aren't doing something right. Obviously, those exist. Um, influencer marketing does work. Uh, it's been proven out. And 
And so there's a lot of features that they have there that we definitely want to learn from and integrate into our own dashboards. For example, um, for the tighter relationships between the brands and the creators, we want to have DMs, right? So uh, when you see the bid come in from a creator, uh, maybe you want to have a conversation with them so they can tweak it a little bit. Or you can, I don't know, maybe engage them on a deeper level and have like a exclusive campaign or something like that, right? And then on the other side, on the flip side, um, it, for the sponsor to then solve the cold start problem for their bounty, they can, you know, they, w- we would surface a, a handful of creators that we think would be perfect for their campaign and they can just DM them right there, right? Invite them to apply to the, to the, to the bounty, submit a bid, start a conversation, etc. So, uh, you know, Nate and I are, are, have really good experience building in Web3. We've been building for a combined of like eight years, but we also experience, experience building products, typical SaaS products. So there's a lot to learn from there and, and bring it over and kind of, uh, kind of uh, mesh the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah. You guys had said something my brain went immediately to, you know, if these transactions are on chain, which makes them transparent. And I think one of the things that goes is, okay, if it's transparent, the pricing between creator and brand, everyone can see on chain. And by extension, because one of the issues that I see a lot with web two social media, you know, influencer marketing is typically brands will go to an influencer and they'll either ask them to post a link or they'll ask them to make a video and it's really difficult to kind of track what the ROI is. And my understanding is, I don't have a ton of experience, I'm not an expert at that, but my understanding is there's kind of outsized returns on a couple influencers. And then a lot of them are, you're kind of just overpaying and not really understanding. So what it, I think the dynamic that it could create is that if these transactions are on chain, not only the payment between brand and creator, but also if there's a, um, a mirror referral, all of that revenue is tracked on chain. If there's some sort of, you know, I, I think the affiliate links, and I think it just goes to show that the apps are early, the Lens protocol APIs are early. There's still a lot of development and a lot of things to kind of tinker and hammer out. But the interesting part is, you know, if you can track the real ROI of hiring an influencer, that creates a very interesting and efficient marketplace. Have you given that much thought? Definitely. In fact, um, that's uh, that's something that we, you know, it's it's obviously very, like you said, very early days now. But yeah, what we're what we're hoping to see is that uh, we'll be able to collect data on exactly that: how much are people spending, and then what's the ROI on it, and what are they getting for it. And yeah, we're hoping that like um, we'll see some 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 pricing models start to emerge, where we can tell creators and you know exactly how much like a post from them is worth and even, you know, create like a, like a formula that could say, you know, based on engagement at different times of day, or if you had a thousand more followers, you know, stuff like that and, and be able to just really quantify those aspects more precisely. So that then creators can, you know, um, they can have an idea of where they are right now, where they want to go. And then, of course, for sponsors, helping them to uh, be able to, to pay the right amount. And it's kind of funny, actually, that you, you mentioned that um, a lot of times sponsors overpay because I've also heard the opposite, that a lot of times sponsors will underpay. And, yeah, it's, uh, it reminded me of a, a funny story uh, I heard a while back. I met someone when I was traveling who said that he's basically a manager for like travel TikTokers 
And he said the only thing he does is that when they get a deal, he tells the sponsor to double how much they're paying. And then he takes 35% of it. And basically, I was shocked that he could take such a huge chunk. But at the same time, the creators that he was uh, that he was representing got paid more. And we want to uh, we we you know definitely want to make sure creators are getting paid paid what they're worth, and we we don't want anyone to to come in and and not realize how much they can charge. And you know we'd love to see them get every penny they deserve. Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. Like, you know, the whole time you're saying that, you can't see my face, but I'm, you know, grinning ear to ear because in a nice way, because they're the good influencers, in my opinion, in Web2 and, you know, what call them musicians or influencers or whatever label you want to give to them. The good ones are drastically underpaid, right? You know, the, there's just no better model. And the bad ones are actually probably overpaid. You know, the number of stories I read about people that either have newsletters or Twitter followings or Instagram followings or TikTok, and they're driving sales to a product, you know, they might get paid 10, 15, 20, 25 grand, and, you know, they think they're balling. But if they drove $2 million in sales to some, you know, some Amazon affiliate or something like that, you know, then in that case, they're drastically underpaid. It, it just, it's so interesting that, it's, you know, it's basically the entire ethos of blockchain is transparency, right? So it's just, you know, the good ones, I think, are going to get a massive pay bump. And I'm super excited for all the up and coming artists on Lens in particular, you know, that are out here grinding with 12 and a half followers, you know, still pumping out music. But, you know, in two, four, six, eight years, you know, they're going to be paid what they really should be paid. So it's, it, you know, it makes the hair stand up on your arm kind of thing. Just getting getting excited about it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And one other interesting uh, point there is that, like, there's 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 ways there's different ways of paying for reach right you're you're either paying for impressions right uh, a blanket that you're throwing out there to capture as many eyeballs as possible or you're paying for ROI you're paying for performance and now that we have you know contracts that can live on chain um, we can have this verifiable attribution where we can say very confidently that an action on website A led to a product purchase on website B. And that product was on chain and we can see who winted it and using some kind of attribution engine, uh, give credit where it's due. Right. So right now with Google and and Facebook and all these other big tech companies, attribution is pretty hard to measure because there's no trusted third party uh, that says, yes, I can validate that the user did this. And then, you know, did the other thing, did did, did this on website A, did this on website B without there being some bias in the middle. Right. Because they have a uh, they have an agenda. When things are on chain, when things are transparent, we can confidently say what exactly led to that purchase and who deserves the the commission. So, yeah, that's another thing that we're looking to tackle at MadFi. And we've built an internal attribution engine. Um, we have an SDK and we're kind of test, we're test piloting it with Club Space. So what we're giving out is is um, is like a party favor NFT. It's kind of like a POAP. If you come to the Club Space and our attribution engine logs that, then you are given a free NFT. That model right there can be applied to so many other things, right? So, for example, if uh, when the um, when when a, a space is promoting a product and you bought the product while you were there, we can attribute it to the host of the club space because essentially, yeah, it was essentially a referral link that was on the club space the whole time, and a couple of people bought it from that site. So, yeah, in this in this regard, the the sponsors are paying for direct uh, results, and the creators are the most 
the most creative, the creators that are, you know, the, the, the ones that hustle the most are the ones that are going to get paid. And that's, that's actually what I'm personally excited for. Right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting too, that, you know, if in, um, in club space is live streaming, right? The intention is live. Yeah. It's right. like a, it's a live stream of a, of a playlist composed of music NFTs. And I mean, a little bit of alpha here, but coming up is live DJ sets. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, th that's interesting too, right? Because, you know, whether it's music or art shows or, you know, even if it's like an educational business workshop or something, if you get a POAP at the end, you know, that POAP, you know, and that POAP is an NFT, that POAP could be an NFT, like, it, it basically limits you in that whatever an NFT can become is what you can kind of give out in that. So, for example, like, it could be a coupon or a discount or something, which would be easily trackable as a referral link or like, you know, a bonus item. Or, uh, you know, I'm just thinking like if you're a, if you're a musician or something and, you know, you come to a live set, you know, next time at Art Basel, the performance is Miami, like you get first list to to get tickets in the IRL event or something like that. Uh, it, what, what are you thinking along those lines? Exactly. Exactly. We I mean, honestly, the, the line that's stuck in my head is that um, is one that goes uh, Everything online that can be an NFT will be an NFT because essentially all it is is an on-chain record with some kind of asset tied to it, right? So it could be a coupon, it could be a file, it could be a video, whatever. And the only difference is that we can have programmatic money on top, right? So um, with the club space, the party favor is really just the first iteration of that product. It's just a free NFT. It's a free PO app. Um, in the future, we definitely want to explore sponsorship opportunities with it. So for example, if you're... I don't know, just an example I keep running with is if you're um, uh, Billie Eilish and Gucci is sponsoring you, right? When you're hosting a space, the, the, the party favor that's handed out, the NFT that's handed out, I should say, is really just going to be a, a, an ad for Gucci, right? It's going to be in the form of a, 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 maybe a PO app, maybe a coupon, maybe a ticket to a future event, something that's redeemable, uh, redeemable merch. It, really, the sky's the limit. So... I think that uh, it's going to be a really interesting way to explore and it's going to be a new monetization avenue for hosts of this club space. Right now, really, the only grind is the only limitation is obviously getting getting these sponsors. The tech is so, so new and, and you know, we literally just pumped this out like a couple weeks ago. But um, as soon as things are a lot more stabilized and we have more options, for example, right now, the party um, the promoted NFT has to be on decent. But immediately after, you know, we're adding sound, Zora, Manifold, uh, Lens, obviously, because a lot of drops are happening there as well. Um, you know, the, the spaces are going to be really modular, right? What do you, where do you want to promote from? Which open protocol do you want to promote from? Which sponsor do you want to uh, promote on during your space? You will get paid commission. And uh, yeah, do you want to have a ticketed space, right? We'll do that through Lens Collects. There's, uh, there's plenty of ways to go about that and plenty of ways to slice and dice it. So really the only limitation is not going to be in the creativity side. It's going to be in uh, who's, 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 who's game, right? Who's game to try out these models with us? Right, absolutely. And just while I got everyone, if anyone has a question or anything, feel free to raise your hand and we'll invite you up and have you ask a question. Um, but yeah, that, that's super interesting. You know, the, the monetization model is interesting. And then how do you think about monetization model from an app standpoint you know like how do you think madfi as an app will make money and keep the lights on yeah i mean uh, uh i think that uh having a protocol fee a very transparent protocol fee is the easiest way it's actually what we do with lens bounties but the, the important distinction that we have is that we don't 
put that cost on the creators. We put the cost on the uh, sponsors, right? So if the sponsor has a budget of 50 and let's just say we have a protocol fee of 10%, the top up should be uh, 55, right? That's a, that's a cost that's put on the sponsor. That's, that's actually the easiest one. We've, we've been talking about a couple others, but um, Nate, I don't know if you want to jump in. I saw you unmute your, your mic there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, hold, so on, the, hold on, Nate, uh, one um, sec. Just, uh, just later. I see you. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you up in a second here. Uh, go ahead, Nate. Sorry for cutting you off. For sure. No worries. Yeah. So, so the protocol fee is, is an easy one because yeah, you can just program that directly into the, uh, into the disbursement contracts. Um, uh, beyond that, we think that, uh, so for, for more advanced types of sponsorships, like with the club space party favors, um, you know, if we're, if we're developing the, uh, the software to basically arbitrate these payments, you know, the, uh, it'll, it, I think it'll look a little bit like OpenSea in many places where, you know, they, their contracts are all, all their marketplace contracts are on chain, completely open source. You know, anyone can come along and, and copy those contracts, deploy their own version, and just set the fee to zero. But the reason that OpenSea still has the majority of the volume is also because of all of the, the off-chain stuff. They have uh, a website that has, you know, all of the, the bells and whistles. They've got the indexer. So anytime an NFT is deployed on any of their supported chains, you know, within a matter of minutes, it's, uh, it just shows up on, on the OpenSea marketplace. And then, of course, it's also the, the off-chain liquidity. So it's the, it's the offers that you can make. And none of those offers exist on-chain until they're accepted. They're just, uh, you know, they're just authorization signatures that, that OpenSea caches for you. And, yeah, that's, that's surprisingly similar to, to how we're doing bounties, where we, we also cache, you know, the off-chain signatures. And then, uh, and then yeah, obviously, of course, our, our contracts are completely open source. You can, you can audit the code yourself. But it's the, it's the infra around that that I think is really where the um, where you could say the the moat is and when I think that when you provide a good user experience there and you just make it the the easiest thing to use then that's a huge part of the value and a huge reason why even though your smart contract code is fully open source people will still will still use your solution and they'll be willing to pay you know, a reasonably priced fee in there. And yeah, it's really just, um, it's really just like us appropriately charging for the service that we offer there. Right. And, and for what but, it's worth, know, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's upset about paying, you know, fees for it's, if you provide a service, I don't think anyone is going to complain. You know, the, the, the issue is like, is it egregious? Right. And, you know, obviously that definition can change, but, um, Let's uh let's bring up Lanner and my saying your name right and thanks for asking a question and ask away sir or gal depending on which you prefer. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, I I want to uh, to praise Carlos and Nate uh, for for creating this uh, wonderful product at Matfi and. 
I, I, this is the first time that I see something like this. I mean, you are allowing, uh, first of all, uh, founders and uh, entrepreneurs the, uh, the opportunity to, to create a, a real engagement and to attract, to attract a real and uh, real uh, potential clients. And at the same time, you are allowing uh, normal users to be able to, to interact with those bounties and to win, uh, I mean, to earn some coins. And that creates uh, a, a money flowing that is uh, spectacular. And I think now I think uh, about something that you may have in mind in order to provide uh, some kind of warrant to to the to the creators of the bounties. I mean uh, to set, for example, to set an amount of time that that the user that applies for uh, for for a bid. Let me rephrase. I I mean it it would be great if you set a minimum amount of time that the user need to have their post in their timeline in order to be paid because uh, the way you have it right now uh, some intelligent users can apply can get paid and then they delete the post and that is not the way the way is uh, to create a a real engagement. So I mean, uh, that could be a very good feature to give some warrants to the to the creators of the bounties, so they can uh, assure th uh, their their post will be seen. A hundred percent linear. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the feedback and thank you for the uh, for the compliments. You know, it's uh, it's all about driving real engagement, not just. Uh, you know, resharing and, and, and that having real relationships between the creators and the brands and regarding your comments on the timed. Yeah, for sure, man. So this is something that we actually thought about back at the LF grow hackathon. We, we had the money streamed to the creator on a timed basis. As long as the post was up, uh, they got paid with within, let's say like a three hour timeline. Right. And at the end of the three hours, you pretty much got all the money you were going to get anyways. So even if you deleted it, the post, I mean, the sponsor could be guaranteed that the post was at least live for three hours. Otherwise, the stream, the money stream would have been cut. We were doing this via Superfluid. The money stream was cut, and then you essentially were not paid the rest of your money. So, yeah, for sure, man. Good, good feedback there. Thank you. Yeah, and Leonard said something else that I thought was super interesting and kind of made my head go in a, in a different direction too. You know, he, he was saying, you know, thank you for providing an opportunity for some people to make money. And, you know, this kind of – is a reoccurring theme and, you know, one of the kind of pillars that Lens was built on, but the possibility that a curator can, and doesn't have to be, you know, the original producer of a piece of content curators can make money or make an income is, you know, a really interesting dynamic. And that was the first thing that I thought about because I know there's a bunch of lens users and some people like to call them reply guys or, you know, engagement farming, but, you know, that tends to have a negative comment connotation i think but 
in really in reality, if it's getting views and people are interacting with those accounts, they're providing a service or a value to somebody. So, you know, that's interesting that somebody who didn't necessarily create the piece of content, but is helping in the distribution could actually earn in that in that stream there. Yeah, go for it, Lanier. Did you uh, did you have another comment? Yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, well, I am one of those guys that, uh, as I said before, this is the first time I see something like what you are creating at Matfi. And in my entire life, I never earned a single penny on Twitter. But I, uh, I was able to earn 10 USDC on Lens thanks to you. And I am not a reply guy. I like to create content and I am able to create content of quality. But since I am able to earn money with you, I am checking on your website on a daily basis because who doesn't like to earn money? And uh, so easy as you, as you offer. That is something that... Uh, that is very genuine and that is something very valuable. So thank you, thank you, Carlos, Nate, and Chris. And I want to to do a a good uh, a good mention to Pedro that is down here too. Pedro, you did it very well, my friend. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I mean you you put it you put it well, man. Who doesn't like to make money? And it seemed, it sounds like, uh, yeah, you got the, you got the, uh, the point that we were trying to make with Matify, right? The tagline is make mad money. Um, we're decentralized access, we're decentralizing access to ad revenue that previously was only captured, uh, by, by big tech. So, um, awesome. Glad, glad you get it. Glad you were able to earn some money. And, uh, as long as we keep getting sponsors on there, you know, creators and, uh, curators such as yourself will continue to make money. Yeah, thanks for the question there, Laner. And so, you know, coming a little bit back full circle, you know, what are the things that you think Web3 Social needs to do to kind of start to go more mainstream and bring on these brands and bring on even more creators? You know, what, what hurdles do we have to get through and how do you think we do that? Yeah, great question. Right, I'm sure we're all, we're all thinking that as well. We're, you know, some of us on, in here are, are power users. We're, we're, we're using Butterfly. We have the test flights. We're excited by the fact that they have push notifications now. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's what it really is. It's, gonna, it's, it's about having these experiences, these, uh, these mobile applications, web applications that feel like what we've grown accustomed to, right? Um, and once we have that, then it's easy for us to kind of like interact with the contents, right? And, and I guess that's the next, the next pillar, right? Having great content, having profiles that we follow that inspire us that you know want to engage with us and then once we have you know higher engagements once we have uh, users coming back and using the product on a daily basis then we can start having other kinds of uh, uh, things on there obviously financial things and so I think that once we have a really really great mobile app experience we're going to have a lot more people beyond just the existing lens crowd um, coming into the app, using Twitter less and less. Um, and, and then, and then, yeah, I think that's when, I think that that is actually possible to happen uh, later this year. I think I'm, I'm kind of holding my breath waiting for lens slash Ave to come out with their own mobile app. And uh, once that happens and once we have a great application, then I think it's, 
then I think everything that we're all building here, the auxiliary applications are going to be a lot more impactful. Yeah. Um, 100% uh, with what Carlos said. And also one, one or two things I would kind of expand on there is that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of brands and, and people that are, that are interested in, in checking out what's going on in Web3 and they, they want to get involved, but they either don't really know how or they, they don't quite understand how interacting in Web3 can be a bit different than in Web2 audiences. And so once, once we can kind of get over the hurdle of like, what does it mean to you know, download a wallet and write down your seed phrase somewhere safe. Then, you know, the next step is is kind of the the cultural acclimation. And then also um, there's sort of like an audience uh, analysis or, or segmentation that could be done there to kind of figure out like, okay, so, you know, um, maybe you know what your audience looks like on, on Instagram, but how do you figure out what your audience looks like on Lens? Because maybe they're there, but they just, they look a little bit different. And I think there's, there's already a ton of like analysis tools coming out for Lens. And I think we're going to see more of those. And yeah, I think MadFi is going to produce some of them. And that's really going to help. Uh, it's, it's just going to help um, everyone figure out like, you know, if you're uh, if you're trying to grow a following for your car videos or, or travel vlog or something, I'll help you find out who that is. If you're starting a new cosmetics line or something, um, we'll help you figure out who your who your who your happy customers would be. And there's also another thing there, which is more specifically for like how does Web three social grow? And it's uh, it's sort of well known in uh in the startup world that building a social app is like really hard like getting uh getting a startup to like succeed is already you know a very difficult task it's uh yeah it's it's the the pathway is littered with people who tried and they just didn't have the right thing at the right time or something else happened and for social apps it's it's even worse it's very there's a very slim very small amount of 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 uh of apps that have made it out the gate and the thing that we've noticed i think with um with the ones that did succeed is that they have communities that people like you know it's really it's like the app where 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 do you where do you feel at home you know do you have a community of people there that you like to be with and you like to talk with them or you just like to watch the stuff that they post and i think if you have that you're gonna have a successful social app and yeah, that's um, that's what Lens is really gonna really gonna break through when everyone can can find a home there. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Well, guys, um, this has been fun. And is there we'll kind of start to wrap up here? Is there anything else that you can think of that you know maybe we didn't explore deep enough, or you know anything in closing that you wanted to share more about? Yeah, for sure. I would just say um, be on the lookout for more spaces. Um, we're going to have more of your favorite musicians on there hosting them. Um, there's going to be new experiences like the live music sets. We plan on hosting <clears throat> that uh, that kind of space 
before the end of next month during East Denver, or sorry, during the end of uh, NFT NYC, which is in April. Sorry, I misspoke. And uh, yeah, also be on the lookout for bounties because really soon we're going to have a product out here that's going to obviously not only get the creators paid, but get the followers of those creators rewarded as well. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. All right. Very good. Well, um, remind us real quick. Thank you for doing this. And thanks for the, the alpha and uh, the insight. And to remind us where we can find y'all and then where you can find MadFi. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have us here. Our handles are on our, uh, are on our names. And at the same time, you know, go to MadFi Protocol to follow us on Twitter. And then on Lens, it's just madfinance.lens. We'll be posting stuff there. We're, we're not really big on the whole posting stuff, but when we have something to say, we make sure people, we make sure people hear it. So appreciate everyone dropping in and, and uh, yeah, just looking forward to uh, spreading the good word on what we're doing in the near future. Great. Sounds good, guys. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone that dropped in and was listening live. And if you're catching this on the replay, thanks for sticking till the end as well. And I hope everyone has a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye.